It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where the motto is your team every day. A lot to talk about on a Tuesday edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be talking a lot of BYU football today. Burning question number two as BYU gets ready for spring ball beginning next week. Talking offensive line, as promised yesterday on the podcast. Examining the two positions that currently are up for grabs, it appears. There are Always could be some shuffling going on, but we'll talk about that here in the first and second segments. We'll break that down for you. We'll also catch up on everything else going on with BYU Athletics in the final segment of the show. So football-heavy edition of the show, but looking forward to it. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 26th, 2019. Once again, thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, covering the BYU Cougars, and I am your BYU insider here on this daily podcast focused on the Cougars. All right, a lot, of ta- a lot to talk about. If you missed yesterday's edition of the show, I would encourage you to go back. We have five burning questions we're answering this week as BYU gets ready for spring ball. We talked about who steps up at linebacker on yesterday's edition. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. Today's question is, what does BYU do at offensive line, in particular at left guard and right tackle? Now, as an offensive line, you have five positions. There's always shuffling going on. And with a new offensive line coach in Eric Mateos, there still could be some shuffling going on, but it appears that three of the five positions on the BYU offensive line are set. Those would be left tackle with Brady Christensen coming off what I believed could have been a freshman All-American caliber season at left tackle. I would assume he reprises his role there until otherwise told. At center, James Empey, who was a freshman All-American, is back for his second year in a BYU uniform and looks like he has given no indications of giving up that job. And then next to Empey at right guard is Tristan Hodge, who enters his junior season 
and looks like a stalwart and a true leader on this offensive line. He moves up into the upperclassman role for BYU. So I believe those three positions are set. There still could be some shuffling going on. Maybe they feel like Tristan Hodge is better set at, let's say, left guard. You move him over to the left guard position. Brady Christensen, I don't see him moving from left tackle, but there's a theoretical possibility he moves to right tackle. That could happen, but I'm going to go with currently, as constituted, those three positions are set, and they're locked down. Those guys will be the guys who get the first crack of those positions, but that leaves the left guard position and the right tackle position open. Left guard last year saw three players uh, play extensive time at that position, starting off with Thomas Schof, who started the year at left guard, then was replaced by Keanu Saliapaga, who I thought showed some good things and then kind of faded. And then finally, Kiefer Longson took the position later in the year, and I really feel like made that position his own. I feel like Longson will get the first crack at left guard, barring anything changing. I always thought he was a natural successor to Austin Hoyt at right tackle but based on his play on the interior at left guard and really locking things down late in the year I think that he will be your presumed uh, number one at left guard until otherwise notified other guys who could factor into the conversation of that position include Keanu Saliapaga I thought as a converted defensive lineman converting over to the offensive line just I believe it was two weeks into fall camp last year he ends up starting in BYU's biggest win of the year at at Wisconsin performed very, very well in that game. But as the season progressed, I think teams, speaking of opposition, I think kind of turned the tables on him, started throwing different looks at him, some twists, stunts, blitzes, etc. Got him a little bit confused and his youth and his, um, I guess, naivete in terms of playing offensive line caught up with him. He was replaced by Longson, but I expect that those two are going to be back to battle for that position. I think Thomas Schof could factor in at left guard as well. He's played the position, uh, formerly a left tackle who's moved inside and I thought performed decently well despite some injuries last year. We'll also factor into this. Other uh, players, young players, I'm sure that'll be looking to make an imprint and looking to get on the field include redshirt freshman Jacob Smith, uh, absolute gargantuan offensive lineman, six foot six, 300 pounder out of Minnesota, a guy that I really was high on coming out of high school. I really felt like after a year of seasoning, he could really be a difference maker. And I'm expecting he's going to be trying to make an imprint on this offensive line and show what he can do. So I would expect that he pushes for time. Other guys that I think are a possibility to slot inside would include maybe a JT Gentry, but I think Gentry in my mind, is more of a center or a tackle prospect. I don't think he necessarily um, has the girth, I guess the easiest way to say it, to play guard. Uh, Also, Clark Barrington, another young player, who I think has aspirations to get on the field this year. He's back off a mission. Lost a ton of weight in Uganda. Um, uh, Not Keanu. Kalani Satake uh, spoke during signing day. Some of you may have caught it. Some may have not. But he talked about a player who lost over 50 pounds on his mission who has gained it back. I can tell you for a fact that that was Clark Barrington. He went to Uganda in Africa, lost a lot of weight, and he's had to regain it all. But according to all reports, has regained that weight 
and expects to be in the mix this year. So there will be no shortage of guys competing for that left guard spot. I also think that a guy who played uh, as a backup at tackle last year named Chandon Herring, he enters his junior season. He's kind of been the loyal soldier. I had a chance to interview him on the podcast last fall. Great interview. A very upstanding young man who I, I, I expect he's a competitor. He wants to play football. So I'm expecting that if he has an opportunity to slot inside at left guard, hey, they'll give him that opportunity. And Kalani Satake has stated in the past that every position will always be open, and spring ball is the opportunity for coaches to cross-train, move guys to different positions, and try them out. So you could see a kid like Jacob Smith, a JT Gentry, a Clark Barrington, even a Chandon Herring, Guys that are looking to really make an imprint and earn time on the field, well, hey, maybe they get their looks at center and at right guard and they have a chance to show what they can do and push Tristan Hodge and James Empey for those jobs. I think they'll be hard-pressed to outshine what James Empey and Tristan Hodge did a year ago. I felt like both of them might have been the two best offensive linemen BYU had on this offensive line a year ago. Um, Austin Hoyt, of course, has graduated and moved on from playing football, had an opportunity to go to the East-West Shrine game, but passed it up, said he was done playing football and is kind of getting on with his life. So... The left guard position is very intriguing to me. I guess along the entire interior offensive line because I feel like BYU has multiple options. Guys who maybe have played tackle in the past or guys coming out of high school or just new to BYU that have experience on the interior of the offensive line and it appears only one spot is currently open just based on my perception of it. I know the coaches will always tell you, well, every spot's always open. Well, I think you have two established starters and you have one spot for other guys to compete. So I think that competition is going to be absolutely fierce. I really liked what Kiefer Longson did late in the year last year, and I really feel like he'll get the first crack at locking down left guard unless... He's better slated to play right tackle. And we'll talk about that next. I want to talk a little bit more about the right tackle position. The importance of having two tackles uh, on the outside of the offensive line to protect Zach Wilson or whoever the quarterback is to make sure that he is trying, they're trying to keep him as clean as possible in that pocket. So we'll talk about right tackle options next as we answer this question. What is the offensive line going to do this spring? I expect that there will be plenty of guys getting looks at multiple positions. We could see that uh, established players like a James Empey, a Tristan Hodge, could get uh, limited action in spring ball just to keep them healthy ahead of summer and fall camp just to keep them from potentially any injury. I, I could see that very easily, letting the young players with a new coach in Eric Mateos make an impression, give them that opportunity to make an impression. But it's also important for guys like MP and Tristan Hodge to show what they can do because, yeah, they can show on film, hey, this is what I did a year ago, but it is with a brand new position coach. Jeff Grimes, of course, is the offensive coordinator, and he's fully aware of what these players can do. But it's still important for them to be able to show that they can play and play at a high level with a new position coach. All right, well, I like, like I mentioned, we'll come back on the other side. Gone a little long here in the, the first segment. We'll talk about the right tackle position next. Before we do that, though, do need to remind you guys, if you guys are out driving around, the average commute time in America these days is 27 minutes. Well, good news for you, 27 minutes is about the average time, or even a little bit less, that Locked On Cougars or any of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network go for. We aim to keep them under 30 minutes. They're digestible. They're an everyday affair. We want to make sure that you know everything you need to know about the team you are interested in. 
We talk BYU sports on this podcast. And I want you guys to know when you're in your car, you can use your personal assistant that you use to make calls, write down notes, do all the different things you do. You tell Siri or whatever your personal assistant is, hey, please call this person, etc. Well, guess what? That same voice command feature can be used to play this podcast. So I would encourage you guys to use it. When you get in the car and you're headed to work or you're headed out to run errands, simply tell your voice assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll delay latest and greatest in BYU news from that day. I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the latest in BYU news. So I would encourage you guys, use this option. There are a lot of people in the country that don't understand that, hey, it makes it really easy to listen to this podcast. So all you got to do is tell your personal assistant, play podcast, Locked On Cougars, and you'll have the latest in BYU news right there for you in your car. All right, we'll step aside here, come back, talk about BYU right tackle position and the potential for players to move inside versus outside. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. We've been talking a lot of BYU football, offensive line, and I can freely admit, I'm an offensive line junkie. I only played the high school level, but I was an offensive and defensive lineman, so I've got love for the guys in the trenches as a big man myself. So I like to pay attention to this, but the offensive line, for everybody that loves to watch the skill positions, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the tight ends even, catch passes, score touchdowns, celebrate, etc. Well, the backbone of an offense is the offensive line. And the good news for BYU entering 2019 is they are set at three of the five positions in my mind, or three of the five positions along the offensive line are set. James Empey, I think, is back to reprise his role as the pivot along that offensive line as the center, making all the calls. Freshman All-American, just a great player. Tristan Hodge playing alongside him at right guard, and then at left tackle, Brady Christensen's got the blindside locked down at left tackle. Had a great freshman year for BYU after a redshirt season. So, I feel like BYU, under a new offensive line coach in Eric Mateos, is set at three of the five positions. Now it's incumbent upon Eric Mateos and also offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes to make sure the other two positions are locked down. And that's the second burning question as we get ready for fall camp coming up next week here on Locked on Cougars, is what does BYU do with their two open offensive line positions? The first segment, you just heard us talk about left guard. There are a bevy of options at left guard. And similarly, I think there's plenty of options at right tackle, which is the other position that has been vacated by a senior standout in Austin Hoyt. 
Austin Hoyt was a guy when he came to BYU, Bronco Mendenhall wanted him on the defensive side of the ball, really felt like he was a true athlete and thought that he could be a potential difference maker in Bronco Mendenhall's preferred 3-4 scheme alignment. Well, one out that he was going to be an offensive lineman, he he added the necessary weight because he was pretty much a beanpole coming into BYU out of California, but became one of the better offensive linemen. I have to say, I didn't think he was going to pan out. I... I didn't think he would amount to much of anything, but he amounted to quite a good player. Had an opportunity to go to postseason uh, shrine game for NFL scouts. Decided, hey, I'm done with football. I'm going to move on. So my hat goes off to Austin Hoyt, but he does leave some pretty sizable shoes for BYU players to fill. I talked about right before the break that I felt like Kiefer Longson, who I really feel like could be the answer at left guard for BYU, might be an option at right tackle. He came in from California as a highly touted tackle prospect, went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and has come back and has kind of been moved around different positions along the offensive line. I still feel like if the coaches feel like he has the athleticism and they want a mauler at right tackle in terms of the run game, Kiefer Longson might be your guy. Uh, the, the backup to Austin Hoyt, who I think will also battle for this position, is Chandon Herring. Um, Herring's been a guy who has played both guard and tackle during his time at BYU. And as he enters his junior season, I'm expecting that he is expecting to see more playing time. He's been the loyal soldier. He's done everything asked of him. And I'm expecting that he's going to get a crack at the right tackle position to see what he can do. Another guy that I feel like off of a redshirt year who a lot of fans thought might be more of a factor a year ago at right tackle is Harris Lachance. Harris Lachance is a kid from Harriman High School, signed with Utah State before going on a mission, added some weight and some size while he was on his mission, came home, decided he didn't want to go to Logan and enrolled at BYU. Um, Lachance is similar to Kiefer Longson in that he's got all the physical abilities to be a dominant right tackle. He's tall, he's long, he's got a nasty streak to him when he plays football. So I really feel like at the right tackle position, at least for BYU this coming season, is there's going to be some some pretty good options, I, I, at least on paper. And we have to see what happens when they finally have live bullets, as they say, in terms of game action coming at them. But I feel like the three top contenders at this position are going to be Kiefer Longson, Chandon Herring, and also Harris Lachance. Um, previous guys that I mentioned that could see, an move, a, uh, see a move inside to play guard include Clark Barrington and JT Gentry. I feel like Barrington's the more likely of the two to stick on the exterior of the offensive line if he is going to play tackle. Uh, Gentry's not, I, I don't think, tall enough to play a tackle. I believe he's listed at 6'3", and normally if you have a tackle, you want him to be 6'5", 6'6". Uh, you have Harris Lachance, I believe he is 6'8", Chandon Herring 6'6", 6'7", uh, and then Kiefer Longson 6'5". So you have the requisite height and weight in those three players, but Clark Barrington's also got the height on him, 6'4", 6'5". I really feel like he'll be looking to make an impression regardless of if it's on the interior of the offensive line or at tackle. But I think uh, the overarching thing I can take I can get, give to you guys on this is that BYU has options at offensive line for the last it felt like decade BYU has been thin along the offensive line and I have to give credit and this started with Bronco Mendenhall late in his tenure at BYU he realized hey I can't uh, take well, I, I can't take the chance of not recruiting the offensive line which he did earlier and in, in the middle of his time at BYU where he felt like the offensive line was a given he could just take anybody and 
make them an offensive lineman. That's not the case. These are guys that are technically sound guys who understand the position, have a certain nasty streak about them, just have the ability to go out and get the job done. So, I feel like Bronco Mendenhall started making a renewed emphasis late in his BYU tenure, and Kalani Satake has very much carried it forward. He believes in the trenches being the tip of the spear, as uh, as we like to hear Coach Grimes, Jeff Grimes, say all the time, that tip of the spear is the offensive line. And these... And the coaches have really focused in on developing offensive linemen and recruiting good players. They have some other guys coming in this summer, including Seth Willis, Blake Freeland, and also Caden Hawes. All of them, I think, are talented linemen who will be looking to make an to make an impact. I don't think necessarily they'll be factoring in to the two deep, but you never know. A guy like Tijon Karoma five, six years ago was an afterthought, comes in, steals the center position and only starts for four straight years, never misses a start. So you never know what exactly you're going to get. But I think the overarching theme right now is that BYU has options at the offensive line spots along the entire offensive line. I've mentioned previously, I feel like three of the five spots are locked down. I felt like BYU's offensive line was pretty dang good last year, especially at those three spots with Brady Christensen, James Empey, and Tristan Hodge. Now, can you find two other guys to lock down the starting spots along that offensive line, become that five-man group that's a really cohesive unit, and then find two to three other guys who are your backups and your key reserves? And the good news is BYU is very deep at offensive line. As I count this up, based on um, what I'm looking at just in terms of projecting forward to fall camp, BYU should have upwards of 15 to 17 linemen in fall camp. I think in spring ball, barring guys having offseason surgery, not seeing a lot of action due to their ability already shown on the field, I think you'll see about 14 to 15 in spring ball. That brings an opportunity to have an offensive line group that it goes three deep and you can get a lot of work for a lot of guys during these spring periods when it's time for these guys to really show what they can do. So that's the good news when it comes to BYU's offensive line. So thanks for bearing with me. It's been a blast to talk offensive line. I promise we'll talk about a more sexy position tomorrow, and that's going to be the quarterback group. And of course, we've talked about quarterbacks previously, but we're going to talk about the opportunity for the three major contenders that will be competing in spring ball, according to Aaron Roderick, with Zach Wilson sitting out. So it'll be what happens with the quarterback position in spring ball will be the question answered on tomorrow's podcast, the Hump Day Wednesday edition of Law. Locked on Cougars. All right, we'll step aside. We'll come back. Final segment of today's show for Tuesday. Talk about what's going on in the other BYU sports. We've spent a lot of time on BYU football, but there's always other news when it comes to BYU sports. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. You are 
are Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news. I'm Jay Catch, resident BYU insider and BYU Beat podcaster. It's kind of the new nickname I've given myself because I really feel like doing this podcast each and every day. I'm essentially doing the work of a beat reporter, and there's some great beat reporters on the BYU Beat. Uh, guys like Dick Harmon, Jeff Call, Jay Drew, uh, can't forget Jared Lloyd down at the Daily Herald. They all do great jobs, and I. I I'm honored. Sean Walker, who's been on this podcast multiple times, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. It's an honor to work with these guys, but also bring this to you in an audio format. So hopefully you guys enjoy the product. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, especially on Apple. That five-star review is worth its weight in gold in the podcast sense. I really appreciate you guys doing that. If you are new to the podcast, hopefully you find it of worth and we'll share it with your family and friends. Let them know about this podcast. Get the word out. We continue to grow and it's a blast to bring it to you guys. And also, if you guys are interested in advertising with the podcast, We would love to have you guys on board. I would be honored to represent your brand or your product. Please email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com if there's anything I can do to help get the word out about your company, your product, whatever you've got advertising. would love to uh, talk to you guys about that and help represent it and help get it out to BYU fans around the world. All right, uh, as we wrap up today's show, some other news in BYU sports. We'll start off in women's golf. They're competing at the Gold Rush Tournament at the Old Ranch Country Club in Seal Beach, California. After the first two rounds yesterday, BYU sits in, a, in fifth place at the tournament at plus 17 as a team. San Jose State is leading uh, BYU by 15 strokes. They shot two over to take first place. But there are two players for BYU showing well through the first two rounds. One of them, Naomi Soifua. She saw um, 72-72 to finish even par. She is tied for fifth individually. And then Rose Huang also uh, shot even par in the first round, but then came in at plus 375. In her second round, she is tied for 13th. Anna Kennedy, just two strokes behind here, tied for 23rd. Uh, BYU has one more round in the tournament today. Uh, you can get live stats at golfstat.com if you want to track the tournament. We'll recap how the women finish up tomorrow on the podcast. Hopefully they have a good showing. Finished eighth on their last time out, so if they can just maintain where they're at right now, they'll have a top five finish. Hopefully they can improve on that, catch maybe Long Beach State or Georgia in the standings. We'll see how it goes for it for them. On the women's softball side of things, uh, despite a 2-3 and three weekend and a 6-7 and seven overall record. Riley Jensen for the second week in a row was named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. She played in and started all five games at left field at the Mary Nutter Tournament over the weekend. She tallied her fourth home run of the season as well as two RBIs against Nebraska in that game. Against number four Oklahoma, the Idaho native recorded a double and also scored a run in BYU's win against UC Santa Barbara. So it's the third weekly award of the 2019 season. Like I said, she's back-to-back weeks as the Player of the Week and then Autumn Moffitt also took pitcher of the week last week. So congratulations to Riley Jensen on that honor. Awesome to see BYU softball still racking up the honors despite not the hottest start to their season. They're headed to San Diego this weekend to compete in the San Diego Invitational which will be on the campus of San Diego State and they'll start things off with a game Thursday against the host San Diego State Aztecs. We'll break that down for you later in the week as we get closer. Alright, so there you go. That is the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you guys. If you guys are out and about, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
everywhere podcasts are to be found. Whichever podcatcher you use, it's available. And you also can use your smartphone, your smart device in your car to listen to this podcast. So use it. When you're out and about driving around, you can get the latest in BYU news with Locked On Cougars. And all you have to do is tell your personal assistant, play podcast Locked On Cougars. Really simple, really easy, and it gives you the latest in BYU news. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow talking BYU quarterbacks as we continue with our burning questions ahead of fall camp for BYU football. That's coming up tomorrow on Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining me. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 26, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day